0: Welcome to our podcast, Star Trek Age of Discovery. I'm Adele Austin Anderson. And I'm
1: Gary Anderson. And
0: we're a married couple who are longtime fans of Star Trek. Today we'll discuss the third episode of the series, Star Trek Picard. Gary, why don't you start off with a brief synopsis of the episode entitled, The End is the Beginning. And by the way, our review does contain spoilers, so if you you might want to watch the episode before listening to our analysis.
1: Okay, so like last week's episode, this episode begins with a flashback to 2385 and the Mars attack. Outside of Starfleet headquarters, Raffi is anxiously awaiting Picard's return from the meeting with Federation officials to gain their approval for a revised plan to rescue as many Romulans as possible from sure death by their sun-going supernova.
0: Picard tells her that he gave the Federation an ultimatum to either accept his plan or his resignation. But then he was surprised to learn that they so readily were willing to accept his resignation. Rafi, who served as Picard's first officer, encourages him to continue to find a way to carry out the rescue mission. However, Picard has given up and decides to retire to his family's chateau.
1: We move forward in time to 2389. Picard is at Vasquez Rocks with Rafi to help seek her assistance in getting a ship and a captain so he can go in search of Dr. Bruce Maddox and Soji. And in Bitter Rafi, tells Picard she still feels betrayed and abandoned by him. The Federation turned down his request to rescue the Romulans, and she lost her Starfleet commission and security clearance. She has also succumbed to addictions that have plagued her for over a decade. However, her loyalty to Picard and interest in the mission leads her to find Picard an unregistered starship and a captain to pilot it.
0: So, Picard meets Cristobal Rios, the jaded captain of the starship La Serena. Rios was a former Starfleet first officer on a heavy cruiser called the Ibn Majid. However, he was emotionally scarred by witnessing the violent death of his captain and the mystery which convinced the Federation brass that they should erase all evidence of the ship from its records.
1: Despite Rios' cynical facade, Picard is able to see that he would be a trusted and resourceful member of the mission. Picard also notes Rios smells of Starfleet, and he actually is somewhat of a fanboy of Picard. Right.
0: So, two more people joined Picard's crew. Well, sort of. Through her research, Rafi believes Bruce Maddox may be holding out on Free Cloud. We're not given any other information about Free Cloud other than the fact it will take a starship to get there. Rafi tells Picard she is not joining the crew. She says she just wants to hitch a ride so she can get to Free Cloud.
1: Dr. Agnes Jurati also shows up on the La Serena to join the mission. Her presence takes Rafi back. Since she questions why Picard would allow a woman he did not know very well to join them without even first conducting a basic security check. However, Picard gave Girardi permission to join them after the scientist fortuitously showed up at his chateau after it was under attack by the Talshiar slash Zatvash assassins who came to kill him. Girardi saved the lives of Picard, uh, Larus, and Zabin by killing one of the assassins with a Romulan weapon.
0: Gerardi informed Picard she had a visit from Commodore O, the head of Federation security. She confessed she told O about her conversation with him, as well as his intentions on carrying out his plan to find Dr. Maddox and Soji. However, she told Picard she still wanted to join his expedition in order to meet Soji, who, like her murdered twin sister, supposedly appeared indistinguishable from a human.
1: At episodes N on the starship, Picard gives his classic commander Rios, engage, and the ship sets off across the galaxy in search of Dr. Maddox and Soji.
0: But there's also a B-plot. Yes, there is. Uh, And that took place on the artifact, the former Borg cube, which is now under the control of the Romulans, who are using an intergalactic workforce to harvest Borg technology and port former Borg drones to other uses. Here we meet Hugh, a former Borg drone known to the crew of one of Picard's former ships, the Enterprise D. Hugh now serves as the executive director of the reclamation project on the artifact.
1: Impressed by the empathy Soji has shown towards former Borg drones, Hugh gives her permission to visit with Rhonda, one of the 26 Romulans who we are who were captured and assimilated by the Borg in the last event prior to the ship being disconnected from the from the collective. This group is now in a mental ward and are collectively known as the disordered. Ramda is an expert in Romulan mythology.
0: Understanding Romulan customs, Soji gains Ramda's trust. Soji then tells Ramda information that was previously unknown to Hugh. Soji tells her that after Ramda and the other Romulans were assimilated, Something went wrong, which caused a submatrix collapse. Soji asks Ramda what caused this issue. However, things go awry when Ramda tells Soji she saw her tomorrow. She asks Soji, Which sister are you, the one who dies or the one who lives? Ramda then identifies Soji as the destroyer. Ramda grabs a gun from a guard and first points it at Soji before pointing it at herself. However, Soji is able to knock the weapon away from Ramda before she can harm herself.
1: After the incident, Soji calls the woman she thinks is her mother and asks about the welfare of her sister. Her mother lies to her and tells her that Daj is fine. Later, the Romulan spy, Narik comes to Soji and says he thinks he is falling in love with her.
0: <laughs> You're right.
1: Yeah. 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 So
0: um, I think now it's a time that we should probably do an analysis of this episode. There's a really a lot there.
1: There is. There's quite a bit.
0: So I, I first want to start off with the significance of the title of the episode, which is The End is the Beginning. Now... Um, um, this has, first of all, to do with Picard, where we can see that he has put an end to his life as a caretaker for his, uh, of his family's vineyard. He says, I tried my best to feel as though I belonged here, but I never truly felt at home here. In fact, um, Laris tells him, you know, it always seemed like you were looking toward the stars. Mm-hmm. So Picard is looking forward to his new life. This is a new beginning among the stars.
1: It also has a relationship to the fact that these three episodes make up the beginning of the journey of the story of Picard in this new chapter of his life. So this end, more for lack of a better term, also is the beginning of what's going to be going forward.
0: That's right. But it's
1: also connected to Soji in a certain way. She is receiving clues that something is different about her. And that's been happening over the last couple of episodes. Uh, clues that she is not able to continue to ignore any longer. That's right. Uh, soon Soji will have to come to realize to what she is. And although it may be in some sometime before she understands what her purpose is.
0: Right, right. So that will represent a new beginning for exactly, her. Just the exactly. way it was for Dodge. Right. Dodge found out she had these powers right. and these abilities that she didn't know before. And so that became a new beginning for her, except that she was killed right. you know, before she had a chance to explore that.
1: And as we've said, Soji is She's actually displaying that she has knowledge that doesn't seem that she doesn't remember actually acquiring right. She just assumes that it happened through some of her research on uh, documentation connected to this the artifact
0: That's right. So I think another thing that we should talk about, Gary, uh, has to do with the multiple agenda does that um, that are found among this motley crew of the La Serena. Yeah,
1: yeah that, that that term motley crew has been used quite often by a lot of people. <laughs> but this is probably... If, if you think about the, the the Enterprise underneath Picard and how really well contained and, and actually structured this the, the crew was. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were a unit that was very, very productive collectively. This one, not so much. This was kind of like half, half, dash thrown you know, loosely thrown together group of folk.
0: That's right. Yeah. If they had, if, if there had been more time, you know, right. for them to put together uh, a crew, it probably wouldn't look like this. Right. But you know, uh, they they got onto the ship and they said, "Oh, we gotta go because you know, sources were telling them that you know people were looking after right. them and and we already saw that you know that. The Romulans were trying to kill Picard, so
1: and this also plays into, as you were saying, the multiple agenda that that seemed to be at at effect here in this episode.
0: Yeah, so what were some of those agendas? So I want to first say that Picard, it seems that in some ways, Picard is looking for a redemption. He knows when Rafi tells him, "Hey, you gave up, right, You know. Um, which was uncharacteristic of him, but uh, but it also was a matter of hubris too. When he was told that uh, that uh, you know he gave you know the brass an ultimatum, and they chose oh well we'll just take your resignation. They
1: called his bluff.
0: Yeah, they called his bluff, and And he he, had
1: he had nothing to back up it with. Right, so he had to walk out the door.
0: Exactly. So, um, so again, he seems to be looking for redemption uh, because of the fact that he did not continue to fight uh, to rescue more Romulus.
1: There's also a sense of loss for him, and it's not just a sense of loss in regards to what he how what his sense of purpose was as a Starfleet admiral. Yeah, but also a sense of loss in regards to realizing that the life he now lives came at the price of Data.
0: Right. And so right, here you have him. Right.
1: He's unsatisfied with the what he is doing. And he has the capacity and the possibility of actually having a, a, a new purpose. That's right. And so it's connected to him actually wanting to prove worthwhile for the sacrifice that data went through in attempt to try to find these this these this this, this daughter for lack of a better term. Right. That, you know, maybe based on his own neurons. That's right. Now, the when we look at Rafi, Rafi has a completely different agenda. I mean, when we are first introduced to her, she pulls a rifle on Picard. She she's prepared to take him out. She does not want to listen to his his requests. All she wants to do is drink his wine and tell him how horrible her life has been. Um, and, and actually show it to her, too. <laughs> right. Um But she's looking, I think, for some sense of healing. Yeah. Uh, from, she's trying to find a way of addressing her addictions um, to a certain extent. For her, inertia that, that followed her disappointment in both Picard affected her own perception of herself. That's right. Here she is. She, too, has been out here in the desert. Right. Basically... Wasting away and occupying her time by taking this drug that allows her to, you know, pass the time, be distracted from her own pain.
0: That's right. You know, in a way, it is, um, there's a sense of tragedy that went there's on here. There's a lot of tragedy. Uh, yeah. In that she looked at Picard, somebody who she looked up she to. She looked up to. And he fell. Yeah, yeah. He fell from grace, really, uh, uh, because of his own hu- hubris got in the way of him finding another way to save those Romulus. And so she looks at him and she goes, hey, if that happens to him, you know, uh, you know, what do I have to look forward to? Right. And so that just stopped. That really just stopped. It retarded her growth.
1: Really. And the other thing is, if you look at it, so he's living on the sh- on the the chateau, with Laris and Zabin, That's who right. he meets in that incident on that Romulan colony, they're there with him. Right, Rafi, who he seems to have had an extremely intimate relationship with, right. more so, more so than even with Riker, because she calls him. Out of his name. She does not give she him. She calls
0: him JL. She
1: calls him JL. She does not call him Admiral. She doesn't get any of the protocols that she would naturally have. And he does not contact her in 14 years.
0: Yep. Yep. And that, and that may have been that to be with her reminds him of what he didn't do, of his
1: failure. So yeah. that's
0: why he yeah. had to cut her off, yeah. you know.
1: Which again goes back to. Uh, thing, where it was all about him right. And so he he's so connected to his own uh, disappointment that he can't see or extend himself out to assist anybody. Right.
0: So the another person we want to talk about is Captain Reels. And you know to be honest with you, I'm not sure, you know <laughs> what his agenda is. All we know so far is that he definitely is haunted by the death of the captain of the Ibn Majid and that captain displayed a lot of qualities that Picard has
1: heroic believed, had had believed in certain principles and, and lived his life as such. That's right. And died, I guess for, but by them as well. That's right. Um, so next we have Dr. Agnes Girardi. Now there's a little bit of question behind what's motivating her. Um, she may want to marvel at Soji, but what we don't know is what other information was exchanged between her and Commodore O prior to her coming to find Picard, hmm. because what's what we we did not see the remainder of that scene. Now, there, a little later, I'm going to talk about an aspect of how we think that might play into. To things, but basically, what I'm going to say is, there was an earlier trailer made before the series premiered, in which there was a short clip. Most of us may not have seen it of Girardi in that scene, where she is found listening to opera by O. O actually performs a Vulcan mind meld on her. It's a very brief scene. It doesn't really transpire more than a couple of seconds. But you see O's hands on Girardi's head in the same fashion as Spock would have when he was doing a mind meld with somebody. Um, It appears that that's the continuation of the scene that we we saw that was cut off between the two of them. Um, Could that mean that Girardi is programmed to serve O? in some kind of capacity. huh?
0: we'll find out.
1: Yeah, I just know that it's just very odd that you have a woman like that. She's she's able to pick up a Romulan rifle, kill a Romulan assassin (laughs) without any problem. And she just happens to be there conveniently at the time that she would need to come in to save the day.
0: That's right. So the person we want to talk about happens to be Hugh. Now he's obviously not part of Picard's crew, but uh, he definitely is an important, he seems like he's going to become an important person in this series. Uh, So we want to know what was his motivation for serving as executive director of the Reclamation Project? Now Hugh understands the Romulans want to exploit the technology and the former Borg drones. He does feel empathy for those drones since he also was a drone. And it also seems that his presence with the Reclamation Project, um, that he senses that this is his responsibility, you know, to watch over these
1: drones. Well, well he appears to be the most f- um, um, advanced former drone Borg drone that they have that yeah, we've you, seen so far, right? Yeah. And, and 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 this episode answers some questions that we had about the 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 XBs as they call them last in last episode. Number one, it makes they make it very clear that all of the XBs that have been you know detached from the Borg and had all their technology take off in them, they're here. They're not released back into space or anywhere else. They're all. On that cube, and I suspect that's part of the reason why Hugh has gotten into this position of authority because he, as you were saying, he holds a responsibility, but he also is the one who is most able to communicate with the Romulans, partially because of what you know, what he went through on TNG by becoming detached from the collective much earlier, right? So, I think that. Both he has the responsibility and I think he also is aware that they're not going anywhere. The Romulans are not releasing any of these drones out off of this cube.
0: Alright. But even though they're detached from the collective, yeah. uh, we do find out, as actually we learned this in, uh, through Picard's experiences being part of the Borg collective, is that even though you're detached, you still have this connection yes. somehow yes. you're detached but you know uh you, you could still sense
1: that was evident uh, in other board right, or, or
0: other people who had been
1: bored right there, that was evident with picard in first contact that's right he was still hearing the call of the collective when they were when it was around
0: right even though he himself had been, re- had been
1: detached, detached right and he was able to when hugh was originally introduced on the show, in I, Borg. He was able to engage with... That's right. ...because Hugh saw Picard as Locutus. That's
0: right. We also want to talk, or uh, uh, well, at least talk a little bit about uh, some more information we have uh, found about Romulan culture through this episode.
1: Yeah. So, that's, that's That's actually been one of the most exciting parts of this episode yeah it's been very interesting
0: Mm -hmm. so uh, so we see that Soju wishes to question a former Borg drone named Ramda and we again we are told that she's an expert on Romulan mythology she has been held with other Romulans who were the only known members of that race to be assimilated they have been named the disordered by Romulan officials. They all appear to be lost within their own trauma.
1: Yeah, that's the most evident. They, they don't seem to acknowledge that there are others around them. Yes. You know, one guy is playing with what looks like a, um, a Rubik's Cube and the others are like leaning up against the wall, focused on something else. So, so they're all in their own little worlds. Now, initially... Soji refers to the Romulan religion as mythology, but Ramda tells her that the better word for that would be news. Mm-hmm. And then the analogy that Ramda is making is that she views her, the religious texts or, the, or the, frank, the frame of her religion as similar to the way Christians perceive the gospels as good news. Um, a revelation, the living word of of Jesus, and that they so it's connecting them beyond a time period, right? And so, in many cases, when she says, like when she says, "I remember you from tomorrow to right. Soji," she's acknowledging that there's a, a there's a connection of of memory that that doesn't fit in the linear narrative structure.
0: That's correct. Yeah, mythology gives this. Um, sense of uh, at least the way we use it today, it gives a sense of something that is in the past and something that you know may not be true. It's just legend, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, but that is definitely not the way that Ramna sees it.
1: No, no. You also see her playing a card game that's called the the Pikmet, Um, which is a series of cards with images on them. One of which is. There's uh, a card that has twin sisters on it,
0: All right. which is
1: connected to a lot of religions that play with twins that are displayed. And also, when you look at it, the culture of Romulus, the Romulan Remus from from Roman mythology, is about twins as well. So anyway, that that kind of connects into the larger context that we're talking about here.
0: Yeah the the ship um, that Ramda and 26 other Romulans were on before they got captured. That ship was called the Shaynor.
1: Yes, and that's important because, as I said, that's the last ship that that cube assimilated prior to it being disconnected from the submatrix. Um, Ramda becomes uh, disturbed when she says, I remember you from tomorrow. And we see how that plays out through the remainder of that scene. Once Ramda identifies soji as the destroyer there is a shared acknowledgement amongst all the other romulan former former borg drones that she is somebody that they that they that, that is dangerous to them right and all of a sudden they've they've all been for the most part all of them have been in their own little worlds this in this case they actually all focus on soji for the first time
0: so even one of the zat or the Tashiar assassins... We don't know which
1: one it is. is—right?
0: Even one of those assassins who survived the attack on Picard's estate identifies Soji as the end of all. So it's no wonder that these Romulan assassins are willing to sacrifice their own lives to kill someone they believe is an existential threat.
1: Now in episode 2... We heard from one of the Romulans in charge of the Bora Cube um, that one should be aware if their badge would start to glow.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, Sojis, actually in this episode, we see her badge did glow briefly when she touches Ramda's hand. I mean, it's clearly seen in in the in, in episode. Now, nothing, nothing seems to transpire o- other than Uh, Ramda becomes more upset and as I said before the other Romulans in the ward begin to focus on Soji but that's the only thing that seems to transpire and no one seems to recognize that her badge is glowing even for a brief period of time
0: So throughout her investigation of Ramda Soji reveals that she has an in-depth knowledge of the circumstances surrounding Ramda's assimilation However, there's no explanation as to why the submatrix connecting it to the Borg collective suddenly collapsed. In other words, the Borg cube might not have been severed from the collective if it hadn't captured the Romulan ship. So. That
1: actually, yeah. the, the possibility of that sets up a larger question about what is there a connection between Romulans and Borg. Right. Which I think is going to play out throughout the rest of this series. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, so our favorite Easter eggs. This is another segment we're adding in. Um, every week, there's quite a few Easter eggs that are embedded in this series, quite a few. And obviously, the writers know a great deal about what makes up Star Trek canon. And so they're plopping them in. Adele and I have picked a couple. Adele, why don't you go first?
0: Yeah. So my pick this week concerns the place where Picard tells Rafi that his Starfleet superiors accepted his resignation rather than grant him his request to find another way to save as many Romulans as possible from the destruction of the supernova. Now this site where he's talking to Rafi was the grounds of Starfleet Academy where a young Picard was given encouragement to stay in the academy and become an officer. This encouragement was offered by the groundskeeper named Boothby.
1: Mm. Yeah, I remember that.
0: Yeah, who Picard called the wisest man he has ever known.
1: In fact, he told um, Wesley when he went to the academy to look the guy up. And he thought he was going to be this... Major professor or captain right. it turns out he's just the groundskeeper.
0: Well, and, you should say just the real. Well, he
1: was the groundskeeper, right. which, which I I don't think was ever the clarity of that wasn't made wasn't evident in uh, uh, Picard's advice to Weston. Exactly. Let's, just, let's just put it that way.
0: So it is ironic that the site where Picard fully committed to Starfleet was also the site of his acknowledgement of his resignation from that organization. Yeah.
1: Now, my pick is a little different. Um, this episode gave us quite an interesting look into technology that's, that's presented to us post-Voyager. Mm-hmm. Specifically, I'm talking about the emergency medical hologram, and we also discovered that there's an emergency navigational hologram. hmm both of which were on the La Serena. the emergency medical hologram we've we've seen before in Star Trek have looked primarily like their creator, Dr. Zimmerman, who was played by Robert Picardo, who also played the EMH on um, Voyager. The version two of that of the EMH was played by the actor Andy Dick, and we saw that also on Voyager mm-hmm. so. On Rios' ship, all of the emergency hologram programs appear to resemble him. Right. <laughs> they just have these UK accents.
0: Right, right.
1: The the EMH has a posh British accent pad, speech pattern, and the emergency navigational hologram speaks with a very thick Irish brogue. Now, I do know this. Although uh, the actor who's playing Rios... It has a Spanish surname. I mean, his 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 he, he is he is of Hispanic background. He actually has a British accent. Oh, so I
0: he's think. a British citizen. Yeah,
1: I think I'm pretty sure as much, and I I would I would stake my life on it. In fact, Ooh. <laughs> oh. but for the character he's playing, it with a a, a, a Spanish accent, right? So I think him putting in the 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 EMH with the British accent and the ENH with the Irish accent was just him showing off his his vast theater training <laughs> so he could show, so he does three different accents in one episode one of which is actually his. But I think that that was interesting because it kind of gave us a, an idea and I think it also says something about the captain who creates all of the holograms to look like himself so basically when he's talking to him he's talking to a a facsimile of himself
0: right right well and 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 you could see that the that they serve actually as his conscience
1: they do but in both cases yeah in both cases they actually commented on his behavior Mm
0: -hmm.
1: in front of other people
0: right 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 so what are we looking forward to Well, first of all, uh, I'm looking forward to learning more about uh, Romulan news or mythology and the meaning of Soji being the destroyer.
1: Yeah, that's going to be an interesting um, development. Uh, I'm also interested in uh, regarding Captain Rios. I want to find out what happened to the Ibn Majid. Now, we know that this is, as far as, our knowledge of Star Trek canon, this is the third Starfleet ship that has been r- erased from the registry.
0: That's right. Uh,
1: obviously, the first is Discovery. Right. The second one was the Pegasus, which Riker served as uh, first officer on the one that was d- um, experimenting with uh, phase technology. Oh, know, right, 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 right. And got captured in, in uh, the, the cloaking device. And... The, um, and captured in the asteroid.
0: Yeah, that's so. That's during the next generation. That's
1: during next generation, and then this is the third ship we've heard about who's been erased from Starfleet registry.
0: Right. So that's interesting. Right. We're looking forward to meeting other new uh, for other crew members that are going to join. We yeah. saw in the trailer. It looks like you know at least one other. Uh, well,
1: what we saw, if not in the trailer, in previous trailers we had seen both Narek, who I don't like. Right, 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 right. And Soji are on the La Serena.
0: Right, but we also see the, the elfin kind of uh, looking yes, guy. Eleanor. I think that's his name. Eleanor, Eleanor. right, yes, yes. right.
1: Uh, <laughs> Romulan Legolas is what some people right, have been calling Right, him. right, right. Yeah. Okay, we also want to find out, what is the nature of the Zatvash alliance with the Federation? As we said before, Rafi believes there has always been a connection that was associated with the Mars attack. So all this activity that's been going on, in the, when they were trying to capture Dodge, seems to be an extenuation of that.
0: But but I'm like uh, Picard in that I don't understand what the the Zatvash would have got out of. Uh, destroying ships that were going to save their people. So I just I just think there's something more to it. And
1: I am 100% behind my girl and her curiosity. I think that she's on the right track. I think that there was an intentional act to sabotage that.
0: Well, time will tell. It sure will, because
1: because here's the other thing about here's the other thing about that. It's obvious to us that the Romulan Free State the nation state that's controlling the Borg artifact mm-hmm. is not the same group that, this, that the Zat are associated oh, right. with. So right. that's a completely different faction of Romulans. Right. Because otherwise, all they'd have to do is just walk up there and say, give us this girl, and and they'd be gone. They, right. they don't need to do all these crazy machinations to have this boy on the ship trying to make her fall in love with him. That's right. So there has to be different factions of Romulans that exist in this world. That's right. Okay, so what is Rafi looking for on Freehold? She obviously is a woman who.
0: A free oh, cloud. Free.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry, free ha- cloud. I'm sorry about that. Uh-huh. Yeah. What is she looking for there? I mean, all we saw there was an advertisement that popped up that showed it was a gambling place. You know, because we saw a bunch of dice right. get rolled. Right, And I don't know what else there was evidence of But she got really excited when she saw that flashing on the information right. that Picard had sent her about Maddox. So, for whatever, for, for whatever reason, it, she is very interested in getting there.
0: Yeah, it can't be just because she wants to gamble because...
1: I it, doubt that I'm, is the case at all.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I'm seriously doubting that.
0: Okay, and is there a connection between the Romulans and Borg that go back before this encounter, before that encounter where, you know, this ship, this Imperial ship was assimilated? Right.
1: Yeah. One of the things that we have never really uncovered in Star Trek is what how the Borg came to be. I mean, we know they were in the Delta Quadrant. In fact, before we had ever gone to the Delta Quadrant, for anything else, we knew that the Borg existed over there, right? And so, why? How did they come to be? What was the What was the um, incident that that created their species? Because they're not a naturally formed species of right. beings; they are a artificially created.
0: Yeah, they're a hybrid.
1: Yes. Really. In fact, and in, in fact, so the programming that they have is actually what keeps them in existence going forward so that's more that's that that shows a consciousness that was placed upon it as opposed to something that grew organically as, a, as that's right as any other form of life has so what and what does it have to do with the romulans i mean why is is there a possible connection i think that there's more to there than just meets the eye this, this long-term hatred of artificial intelligence that that we find out about with the Zatvash may have some answers to that question.
0: Yep, and I, and then finally, the last thing that we're looking forward to uh, is is Girardi compromised in any way?
1: I'm gonna step out of limb and say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am gonna say yes. I,
0: I think there is something more than to her encounter with com- Commodore. U- Oh, I'm not convinced yet uh, that it's nefarious.
1: Well, it could not be. It, it, well, let's put it this way. It could not intentionally be nefarious and still be detrimental to the mission. You know right, what I'm right,
0: right. Right. It could get in the because way of the mission. Because she yeah. could
1: have just been fed by, by, oh, the same motivations that she came and shared with Picard the fact that she wants to do this that she feels compelled about it by her sense of a uh, wish to discovery and and ex- an and examination of what this an a, a perfect example of a artificial intelligence human um, um living being would look like and feel like mm-hmm. um but at the same time o didn't come to her by accident oh no 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 and, the, and her showing up with Picard didn't occur by accident either.
0: That's right. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. Well, let's go move on to other Star Trek news. So, uh, Gary, what happened?
1: Well, we had the ready room. Okay. And host Will Wheaton uh, did another episode last week. This one was featuring an interview with Michelle Hurd, the actress who portrays Rafi Musiker, and it also showed us this feature which included looking at the crew of the La Serena in sound bites for each of the characters that we got to get a little bit more information on.
0: Right, a little bit, just a not, little not bit. Not
1: much, not no. much. Not much more than we had already discovered in the last three episodes. That's right. But what I think we got is that we're now set for a different direction. So I'm assuming yeah. that in this next episode, we're probably going to pick up Eleanor or Romulan Legolas, uh-huh. and we're pro- and we may go by and see uh, Riker and uh, and Deanna.
0: Yeah, so that'd be nice to see. That, that. would
1: be nice to see them. And i
0: just yeah. like to see their kid too, you know. Yeah. So far
1: all we've heard is her voice, voice. from the distance, right? But right. we haven't seen what their child would look like.
0: So in closing, we'll be back with comments on the next episode of Picard as well as more Star Trek news. So until that time,
1: listen to Star Trek AOD on Apple Podcasts, Apple, or Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Like, subscribe, and follow the show on Twitter, on Facebook, on our, at our website, StarTrekAOD.net, where we have additional articles on Star Trek Canon, interesting sidebar issues and aspects of the show. Also email us at Star Trek AOD at gmail.com. But until then,
0: live long and prosper.